Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope you're having a great Saturday. This is a fun show today. You guys know how much I love Jaws. I've got a Jaws bathroom. It's on the internet. <laughs> We're talking with Jim Beller. He has the largest jaws collection i guess in the entire world man i'm i'm really jealous because i'm not quite old enough to have seen jaws in the movie theater even though it's like my favorite movie what was that like Uh it was amazing um and that's why it stuck with me all these years um uh, my family we used to go to the movies all the time and it was really the first time i ever saw a long line waiting to go into a movie theater um, I saw it at the Charles movie theater in Boston. I'm, I'm from the Boston area originally. And, um, I remember standing in line waiting to go in and seeing the shark facts poster in the lobby. And, wow. Um, Which you probably you have. Yeah, I do. I do have it. Yeah. It took me a long time to find it because one of the rare items, uh, mm-hmm. now it's really pricey. I only made a number of them. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I remember seeing that shark facts poster and my mom took myself and a few friends of mine the second Friday that it opened, Friday night. And it, it just, it was packed, of course, packed movie theater. And, and uh, I vividly remember it to this day. Truly um, the first summer blockbuster, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. Definitely. A few years before Star Wars. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. But, but definitely, definitely it was. It, it, it changed uh, movie history forever because back in the day the big movies would come out around christmas time and before the academy awards um even though you know even block you know popcorn movie kind of fun movie you know movies and but uh that was the first summer blockbuster ever they never really the, the studios would never put out movies back then in the summertime because people would be out going to the beach or whatever that's right yeah and this was the perfect you know beach movie so <laughs> I've always like, heard that the first showing was not too far from where I live in Dallas, Texas. Yes. Yes. Wonder why they That's chose that true. or why that, why they, that occurred. Because, because I, from what I understand, they were nervous because they know, you know, the East coast and the West coast, cause they're, you're on the ocean. So there's sharks in the ocean. So they were wondering if it would work in the middle of the country. So they decided to go to Texas and I believe it was the set, it was a double feature right after the Towering Inferno, which I think because the Towering Inferno I think started at seven, so that's a long movie. That's yeah. almost like three hours long. But then they had to wait <laughs> wait and see Jaws, which is two hours after that. Um, so yeah, that was and so it and it worked. I mean, it, it it you know Spielberg talks about it in documentaries, and you know Zanuck and Brown talk about it, and Carl Gottlieb. They all you know say they were just thrilled at how much of a, a response it got i've always heard that was texas I, yeah <laughs> but i've heard that when spielberg watched the audience in that screening he got the idea for the ben gardner's head that he could get another scare out of the audience yeah that's the story that he tells yes yes and so he goes and films this other shot yeah they in verna fields uh the editor of jaws her uh swimming pool with joe elves good friend of mine um, he, uh, Steven Spielberg asked him to, you know, can you, can you do this shot for me? And so he did that. They did a number. In, in fact, they did a number of pickup shots in California. And in fact, one of them was from inside Joe Elves's garage. Really? At his house. 
the scene where the shark is banging into the boat at night after they yes. sing show me the way they go of home course. The, 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 the shot of the water squirting through the boards yes it was actually kevin pike who uh was the very first movie to work on he actually went on to work on back to the future he built a delorean for the back to the future movies um but him and joe like kevin pike um joe would film it with a camera and kevin pike would bang it with a mallet a, a big wooden plank and with a hose they would stick a hose and just bang it with a mallet I and had, that's how they got that shot. Oh, that that's was in, great! Joe filmed in Joel's uh, garage. Where, yeah. where were some of, where were the underwater cage shots filmed? I've always loved that big mechanical shark hitting that cage. Well, there was two. Um, originally, it was Australia with the real shark footage. Right, I, um, I knew that. But, but the MGM tank, the um, oh, what's her name, the the famous swimmer. Um, oh, she did a number of swimming movies back for MGM back in the day. Um, um, Ethel, somebody, uh, never mind. Anyway, that's <laughs> um, okay. So, um, but it was MGM, it was filmed at MGM studios. They have a big tank there, a water tank. And so they, they filmed that there. In fact, they filmed, um, all the underwater scenes there. When you look at the shark's point of view, looking up at the people in the 4th of July scenes, I... because the water here on Martha's Vineyard is very murky and it's ah. very shallow. And so, the underwater scenes were shot. Most of them were shot at that MGM tank. Um, Alex Kidner, the shark going up to Alex Kidner. That's a different kid. That's not Jeff Voorhees. That's someone with the same raft. And that, that's another kid that they shot out there. Whoa. And originally the original Ben Gardner head um, that worked, but didn't have the big scare that Spielberg wanted. That was originally filmed um, at the MGM tank also. Has anyone seen that footage? I've never seen a shot of that. I've never, I've never seen it either. Um, the Cal Acord who worked on the movie, uh, I've talked to him a few times about it, that scene. And when I was putting together the book that the book that I did with Matt Taylor, sure. um, I was looking for a photo, but Cal Acord, he, he gave us a number of photos for that book, which she was so kind to do amazing behind the scenes photos that no one's ever seen before. Um, but the, he couldn't find, he said he, he took a photo of the Ben Gardner head because he was there that day with a sick and he put a cigarette in the mouth and right. he took a picture of it kind of thing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they built actually two Ben Gardner heads just so you know That's... Um, what, because they had to, when they reshot it, they, you know, the first head was all wet and mildewy and all that. So they had to build another one um, for the Verna fields swimming pool to, the pickup shots for that for jaws fans out there they they know the kittener scene whether they remember the name the little boy on the yellow raft one of the earliest yes. victims yes. there is an entirely different that's cut okay. of that footage can um, you explain um, that yeah that is a rumor that okay was started by life magazine back in 1975 edith blake's photo which mm -hmm. everyone sees now on any Jaws site with the shark coming up and you see the dummy Alex Kittner on the right. That's raft. right. Yeah. Alec, uh, Edith Blake took that photo during the shoot where Joe Elves, actually that was the last shot. One of the last shots filmed in the movie. Um, Joe Elves, Steven Spielberg left the Island at that point. You know, he was, you know, tired and he's been there for months so he asked joe want to get to thrown pick, in do a, do a pick <laughs> yeah exactly and uh he asked him to do a pickup shot for him he said i need a shot where you see the shark but you don't see the shark come up 
So that scene in the movie that when ah. you, you see the shark coming up in the sunlight and the guy says, you know, the next scene is like, did you see that kind of thing? Yeah, that's, that's right. the shot. That's just one of the takes that Edith Blake took. So that shot is in the movie. It's just a different angle and it's more, you know, her photo is more lit than what you see in the movie. Ah. Um, it's one of the takes. So that would, that's been a rumor. It started, like I said, with life magazine, because that photo first showed up in life magazine back in 75. And it, the last line of that article with that photo was, this is a, a scene too gruesome for the movie, a cut scene from the movie. So they started that rumor, which is not true. And Joe Elves has talked to me about that scene a number of times. Also, I'll clear up another rumor that fans think is true is the shooting stars. That it's impossible back in, especially back in 1974, to shoot Black Knight. Right. <laughs> like a shooting star. Sure. Every night shot, except um, the night shots on the Orca, were all shot day for night. They were all shot right. during the day. Um, so. Joel's his latest book, Designing Jaws. I don't know if you've seen it or have. I've it. heard of it. It's fantastic. Get it. I highly recommend it. Um, he has all of his storyboards, complete storyboards in there. And there is a storyboard that shows the shooting star, and underneath it, it's written um, post production animated shooting yeah. star. Yeah. That's so great. So just to clear that up, because many, many people, many fans of the movie think it's real. Oh, of course. It's not. They're not. Hey, we've got to take a know. quick break here on Guatney Unplugged. We're talking Jaws with Jim Beller. We'll be right cool. back. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine. Brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're talking with Jim Beller. He has the world's largest collection of of Jaws memorabilia, which is so cool. Did you know Jaws has an Arkansas connection? No. How? Well, it's kind of a sad <laughs> connection, but Roy Scheider died in UAMS Hospital in oh. Little Rock. And he oh went through God. treatment here at the end of his life. And another good friend of mine who worked at the Little Rock Zoo said he would come to the zoo all the time in between treatments and walk through. And he talked oh, to him a couple of times. That's oh. interesting. So that's did you really ever cool. get motivated to dive with sharks yourself? Um, <laughs> I still to this day don't really go in the ocean. Um, <laughs> I, even though I grew up in New England, um, when I was a kid, I would only go out so far after I saw Jaws. That just changed everything. And it still to this day does. Because um, like I said earlier, um, the waters here are kind of murky. Um, yeah. Uh, and there are great white sharks now there are yes well there were back then too far and few but now they're every summer uh cape cod has a huge seal population now on in chatham and yeah every every summer now we we hear about great white sharks and i'm dying to see one i do want to see one it's funny Um, you watching jaws and you lived so close to the ocean i would think it would make it that much more real it's like i thought dukes of yeah. hazard was real i live in the south you know i mean <laughs> you're waiting for boss hog to go chasing the, the boys huh oh yeah exactly <laughs> Getting down the street yeah exactly like, you know yeah um but no yeah i i do love the ocean don't get me i love being around the ocean that's why i've always lived close to the ocean um but going in the water swimming 
that's a different story. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go in a pool, of course, and ponds <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but, but ocean, but I do, um, I mean, there, a friend of mine actually did see a great white, um, a couple of years ago, he, he was telling me it was off of, um, they're in the very tip of Cape Cod is Provincetown. Mm-hmm. And there's a Harbor there before it goes out to the ocean. And he was in the Harbor with a friend of his getting a sailboat out and just in the Harbor, not even out in the, it was uh, mm. a great white came up to them and That's just circled them a awesome. few times. And I was all excited that he told me, I was like, did you take a picture? Did you do it? He goes, Jim, I could not move. I just sat still. He had three so, barrels yeah. on him, you know. I was like, <laughs> but he was in this like small sailboat with a friend of his, uh, and he just it just all he did. But again, it was just checking him out. It just sure. circled him a few times and swam off, and that was it. Now, did you meet um, Peter Benchley at some point? Yeah, during Jaws Fest um, back in two thousand and five, um, before he, a couple of years, I think a year or two before he passed away. Um, nice guy, very nice guy. And also actually, I'm sorry, I lived in New York city. Um, and around before I moved to Rhode Island, I'm in Rhode Island right now. Sure. Um, and I met him the first time I did meet him was at a screening of jaws in New York city, um, with Carl Gottlieb. And they did this little Q and a before the movie and all that. And I got to meet him and he's a very nice guy. And I talked, I told him I was from Boston originally. And he goes, oh, I work with the Boston New England Aquarium. They're fantastic. And I was like, yeah, they're a great aquarium and all that. But yeah, he's super nice. And Wendy Benchley's wife, I'm still friends with. I know her. She's super sweet, super nice person. Um, was he okay but, with the ending being changed? I think so. After well, during his, end, I don't, I never talked to him about that. But I mean, in interviews I've seen him with, they, you know, at first he wasn't happy. Right. When they were filming the movie, he wasn't happy because they changed a lot. They took a lot of the stuff out and that he wrote, you know, the, the mob. Yeah, I think this stuff the stuff they left that, out was good. I think it was. Exactly. Yeah, it the, made the movie the, better. The affair with Hooper and Ellen yes. Brody. I mean, that's they didn't need that. No. So, um, but during the filming, I heard there was a little, he wasn't really happy, you know, going to the island and seeing how they're changing it. and um, but afterwards from what all the interviews I've seen him, he, he loved, it. I mean, he just, it worked and hell, look how much money it made him too. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's serious. He, he, he did. He, it, it worked as a movie. It really did. Why do you think I it mean, is that all these years later, we got CGI, we got all this stuff. They can't make a shark movie movie better than jaws because you know what it's, it's jaws isn't about the shark. Um, and it took me a while to figure this out. It's I'm the people really thinking about it. It's the people you care about the people. You care about the three guys out on the boat. They're all different, different personalities, but they have to come together to fight this problem yeah. that they have. And you care about the people. And plus I, you know, Spielberg's brilliant, not seeing the shark an hour into the movie. It's all your point of view. So it's more of your imagination. That's what made it so scary because oh. your imagination is better. It's like, he didn't seriously, you don't see the shark. For That's an right. hour, as you know, and uh, and when you do see the shark, it's only quick cuts, you know, eat, um, right? Very little, you know, it's it's very little cuts. So they did a great job with editing and all that, and yeah, and, and it just worked. Everything. It's just it's. A, I always tell people, I think it's a movie that has everything in it, it and it's very rare. It's a comedy. It's a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's um, you know, suspense. It's. It's uh, you know, it just has everything. It directing's fantastic. The music's fantastic. The acting, 
and it's it, just and it's rated PG. That's what's so strange. It's a horror yeah, film. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. Well, as gory as it is, and that's why they uh, put that too intense for younger children on the, the poster <laughs> and all the ads. Yeah. And it works because kids like myself wanted to see this movie. It was I, like, you know, it drew you in. I you know? know that Spielberg wanted to tell the story of the Indianapolis. Was it ever close to him making the sequel? Um, well, there was, there was, um, uh, supposedly, God, where did I read this? It's either the Jaws 2 log or something like that, where, you know, Zanica Brown came up to him and he just finished, um, Close Encounters. He was done with Close Encounters. He was starting work maybe on a new movie, like 1941. He was going to start working right. on that. Um, but then he, he, he did think about it. There was a time where he was like, well, you know, if I'm going to make a sequel to Jaws, it's not going to be the the island anymore it'll be the indianapolis story with sure. the young quince kind of thing um so but then he just i guess the story goes he just changed his mind the last minute he was like no I've, I've already done it i don't want to do this again and i'm i'm sure he's thinking about all the times that he was stuck out in the ocean <laughs> I, I like the <laughs> second one actually um what's your um, thoughts yeah, on the no, sequels I do too um you know they, they i you know what i like them all there's something about each one um, less on the fourth one, but the the thing I like about the fourth one, the revenge is it's it's on the island again. They went back to Martha's Vineyard, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the second one is probably probably my favorite yes. sequel of Jaws because it it brings back the original characters again, and there's a connection to the first one, and it's just it's a stronger film know. than most people think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a different story than the original too. I mean, it's a totally sure. different story. It's more about the kid. It's the first, actually. I think it was Carl Gawley who said this. It's the first teenage slasher movie. Yeah, I, yeah, that's before, true. Before Halloween and well, Halloween, well, kind of Halloween, um, and Friday the Thirteenth. This was the first movie that came out in '78 that was put teenagers in jeopardy. You that's know, true. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I I, I did. It's a good and and Jaws 3D I like too. It's it it's set it up it's different. Fun. They wanted to go they wanted to go somewhere different um, than the island again. You know Martha's Vineyard or or Amity Island, and um, it would you know it, it is what it is. It's it's a 3D. It's the one of the first. Well, he Joe Alves says you know he went and saw that Coming at You movie. That was the very first 3D sure. movie that came out, and he thought he came out of that theater and he was already at work working on Jaws 3, and he goes. Jaws 3D, and he, he just yes. put that in his mind. And he was like, "Let's make this in 3D." And the studio loved the idea because at the time, you know, 3D was yeah, it was kind of a big again. thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's something. All of them are different, and and of course, the original is my favorite. It's just it's a classic. You can't. It's one of the redo. best films ever made. And yeah. I think you know people are talking about. You know, I, I hear rumors all the time on all these Facebook pages, the group pages, like, oh, I heard that they're going to remake Jaws or do another sequel. And it's like, no, it's like, that's false. Because <laughs> you can't, number one, well, Spielberg said, as long as he's alive, no one's ever making a remake of any of his movies. Yeah, I he, understand. He said that. Hey, and, well, and you well, hold that it. thought. We're talking with Jim Beller. He is a Jaws collector. We're talking Jaws. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. 
Hey, Scott Roman here. We're talking with Jim Beller. He has the world's largest Jaws collection. He lives in Rhode Island, and he got to see the thing in the theater, and really jealous of that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> where did the collecting start? Do you have the first few things you picked up? I still do. Yes, I do. Um, the collecting started right after I saw the movie. I mean, the next day, I was just like so – I just was, was like – loved it i just it just changed my life so yeah so the first thing i got was they did i did get the time magazine that came out the week before um and the jaws log my dad brought that home for me when i was a kid um also let's see the jaws game the ideal game i got at christmas time that christmas people may remember um, that i believe it used rubber bands to snap the mouth shut yes yes i had and that as a kid up, it's gone up in value the last couple of years was shocked the hell out of me because for years, wherever I go to like, you know, an antique show or comic, some of the comic cons or something, you know, where they sell stuff. Right. It, you, you would see the game and it always be like 20 bucks, you know, cause everyone had it. It was mm -hmm. like, it wasn't now it's going for like $200. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, which is great. I mean, I have a factory sealed one, so I'm like, excited. Oh, I'm cool. like, yeah, right. It's, it's in storage um but yeah um and then you know the the adar the the model company adar made a couple of jaws models when i was a kid and i got those puzzles there were some puzzle scene puzzles um t-shirts t-shirt oh my god yeah t-shirt everyone and there was like ripoff t-shirts too not licensed t-shirts it would be everywhere you would see jaws stuff like you know bootleg stuff everywhere <laughs> like, yeah like universal studios licensed stuff i remember buying I some of that stuff as a kid i, I there oh, were yeah. other I, magazines I about sharks that would be on the newsstand at our drugstore yeah. i got and that i still too. I have some too. of that yeah. yeah that's great that's great that was kind of a big thing um that's cool yeah i did and i still have um the original edith blake's book the uh on location the making of the movie jaws um, I have the original one that I got when I was a kid and it's in perfect condition. That's what I, I tell people this too. It's like, it's funny. Other people have asked me about this stuff and I, you know, I always taking care of my jaw stuff for some reason, even though I was nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years when I would get it. It's to this day, I still have it. And it's in like close to really mint condition where, you know, Star Wars toys came out and I would ruin them and play with them and all that. But for some reason, when I was a kid, I just took care of my jaw stuff. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I, you know, yeah, how I still yeah. have all my Star Wars guys, all my G.I. Joes. I don't know how I oh, that's cool. kept that's up cool. with all that stuff. I have no idea. It would seem to me like if you were collecting jaws, it would be maybe a little bit more obtainable of a collection than, you know, if you get into star Wars, you can never get all the star Wars. Oh my God. I don't know how people collect all the star Wars stuff. I mean, I've seen shows. <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's in, there's more that I'm comes like, out every how, day. You how know, do you live. It's impossible. It's like, yeah, which I'm glad because lately there's been more jaw stuff coming out, which is fantastic. It's about time. Yeah. Like, how many licensees are out there? What, what is coming? I've yeah. seen a jaws, uh, a game that's out right now at Walmart. Yep. 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 There's puzzles. There's the game. Um, God, what else has come out in, in the UK? There's a number of things that come out in the UK, like bottle openers and um, keychains, And it's just, it's, it's great. It's really great that it's, it's coming around again. What's and the rarest like some thing? New stuff. There's some new stuff coming out soon too. There's a statue. Oh, and a really? Doll and a, a big Quint doll. And yeah. Size of uh, the size of the old GI Joes, 
They Robert. Oh, Strauss I like really that. Great. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's coming out. It's coming out this year. What's the rarest um, thing to find? What's the most valuable thing? Oh man, I mean, there's a number of things that are super rare. I mean, anything that was in the movie theater, um, uh, lobby like cards the, and stuff like card. that. Well, well, stuff like that. That's that's. But well, that's. I mean, you can find those. Like I have a. Um, um, uh, the Jaws mobile, uh, soundtrack mobile that hung in record stores, you know, stuff like that, that was in stores that those are really hard to find and stuff from the production. I mean, I have a couple of the original teeth from the shark that I got from, uh, people who were involved with the movie. Um, I've always heard like fans have the chair that Quint set in or, or um, friends. I'm good friends with Peter, Peter Spadetti. He owns the, the chair that was in the movie. Uh, he's in Rhode Island also, in fact. He's a couple of towns over. <laughs> now, how was that Eddie, obtained? How would you get um, something Susan, like that? Well, well, Lynn and Susan Murphy, who worked on the movie, it was their chair because they're they're on the Martha's Vineyard. And they, they were part of the production. They helped making the movie. Um, Joelle says to this day, if, if uh, they weren't involved with the movie, we'd still be shooting the damn movie out there on Martha's Vineyard because <laughs> <laughs> they really helped because they were fishing people. And so they knew the ocean knew how to help them do all this stuff. Um, and it was a part of his, his boat that that chair was on his boat. And so they, um, they sold it to, they did an auction profiles and history auction that and um, Roy Arbogast also the same auction did the original fin. That was the sea sled fin that was in the movie, the Teddy Grossman scene. Sure. Um, and Pete has that also. I've taken pictures with it. Wow. It's incredible. It's huge. It's a big fan. Where's the uh, harpoon <laughs> gun that Quint shot the, the shark with? Rennie, Rennie Ben David. Um, he was in the movie. He was in the Ted's, the, the Teddy Grossman scene. In fact, he's one of the kids on the boat saying, you know, when they're try trying to do the rope, tying it up. Um, he's one of the kids and his dad, Arthur Ben David was um, the harbor master in Oak Bluffs. And that's where shark city was. That's where they kept the sharks and all that. So he was involved. And Joe Alves actually asked him, he was like, uh, you know, we're looking for a certain type of gun. And he goes, well, I have the perfect thing for you. It was this harpoon gun. And they've never seen anything like it before. And so they were like, originally they were just going to throw harpoons. Oh yeah. Now the gun, the shark, you gotta you have know? the gun. So the, Arthur Ben David had this gun. He goes, listen, I got the perfect thing for you. So Joe said, can we borrow this? We'll, we'll bring it back in perfect condition for you. And he said, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, Arthur Ben David passed away a few years ago. Now, Rennie, his son has it. And, yeah, I've, I've actually held it and taken pictures with it. It's And, and Joe Elves verifies that's the real gun that was in the movie. Now, sure, there's been rumors about, you know, somebody else having this gun or whatever. Um, but every film production as you know, you, well, I hope you know, it, they have a number of props of the same prop in case something happens. Sure. Like Dorothy's slippers from the Wizard of Oz. It was like, I don't know. It's like seven of them. them. Seven of, right, right. Sure. So I believe they probably had a couple of this. They found more of the same gun. Um, but the original one was from um, Arthur Ben David and Rennie Ben David has it now. And, and Joe Alves did a... Um, you know, tells a story about how he, he met Arthur and he got the, he borrowed the gun from them for the summer and he brought it back in perfect condition, you know? So he's had it ever oh, since. Yeah. So well, yeah, I've seen them for sale online. They go for 4,000 well, up just to have the thing one. is you've got to be careful. Be, yeah. Right. Right. You got to be careful. Cause a lot of times 
you know, you got to remember the stuff that they use in the movie were actually out there for the public to buy, like the shark dart, you know, the barrels. It's sure. just, you got to be careful what you, you buy and do your research before you buy something that they claim is from the movie. Because I've seen so many things on eBay that, you know, and They're you can buy it real. and say, and then say, hey, it's from the movie and it's not. So you just got to really do your research and be careful. I That's get, why I tell fans to and collectors. Oh, yeah. sure. I got to admit it. See if you can clear up for us. Uh, why did the, the Jaws ride at Universal close when this thing is still so popular? I don't know. I don't know. It pisses me off to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, it's, and they opened up a, a Harry Potter ride, which Harry Potter is not a Universal picture. It's a Warner Brothers picture. Uh, so I'm like, I don't understand this. And it was a popular ride too at the time. I've always heard ride. it was hard to maintain and broke a lot. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that happens. I mean, the shark does break down in, in California also, I heard, you know, at times. So they got to redo it, you know, and fix the shark and drain the pond. And I mean, but I'm glad it, they, it, they kept it in California. I'm glad they, they still have that section in the, in the studio ride, the tram ride. I think the actual ride still exists in Japan or somewhere yes, else. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Japan. Yeah, Universal Studios Japan. So you yeah. can go and kind of experience what that was. Yes. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we got to take a quick break. Come back. I want to talk about your book. We're talking with Jim Beller. Okay. He has the most awesome Jaws collection in the country. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine. Brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're talking with Jim Beller. He knows all about one of my absolutely favorite things, Jaws. And he's got the hugest Jaws collection. How do you verify something like that? You just have pieces that no one else can find? Um, yeah, well, I've been just collecting since I was nine years old and just over the years, just built it up, built it up, built it up, built it up. Um, you can see my collection on jawscollector.com. Um, I am selling some of my collection now. Really? That's what I was going to ask you if you've ever sold anything. I, I, I hit a point a few years back where I'm like, you know, what's the point of all this stuff being in bins? Cause originally I wanted to, um, open up a Jaws museum on Martha's Vineyard, but looking into it, it just wasn't reasonable it's probably a very expensive it. place to do anything yeah yeah um yeah yeah so i just i figured you know what what's the point of just this stuff being in bins so i just said you know let's there are so many new collectors out there young people love this movie. more and more people are finding this movie oh, you yeah. know um so and there are new collectors out there young people i'm just it's fantastic so I figured, you know what, let me put it out there. So I, I opened up a Jaws store on Etsy. It's Jaws Collector. And um, yeah, I sell my collection now. And some of the stuff I'm going to hold off on, like the, you know, I got a number of stuff, like the teeth, like, like I told sure. you. Oh, yeah. Other stuff um, that I have that are more valuable. I'm going to hold off to do a big auction in the future. But um, but majority of my stuff I'm, I'm selling right now. That's, um, that's something, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. labor of lo- you know, love, put that collection together. I'm sure all these yeah. years, well, it's making other people happy too. And then that's true. other draws collectors around the world. That's true. Too, and it's, it's, it's great. You know? T- tell me about there's It's just been in the news a lot that it, an original shark Bruce was restored yes. and put in a yep. museum. What is the history of that? Yeah. Um, that, 
was not a shark that was used in the movie. That was a shark that was hung at Universal Studios in California um, to take pictures with. It was hung upside down, down you know, and oh, you would uh, take a picture with so it. it. So it wasn't the shark that was on a pole at a junkyard? It got to that. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so yeah, originally it was in, in Universal Studios, California. It was made from the exact mold at the time because they still had the mold back then in 1976 to make this shark. So they basically, at some point, they wanted a new shark, a, new, a different type of shark to take pictures with, which I don't like. But Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like, like Bruce. The movie. No, yeah, not at exactly. all. Um, but, and so they they sold it to this guy in a junkyard. So it's it was hung up, and the, the guy was a big fan of the movie also. So he didn't want to do, he didn't want to ruin it or get rid of it. So he hung it up on these poles um out in los angeles and in, in, uh, in his junkyard and it was basically a car lot used cars like junk cars and a, and a junkyard basically so i actually went there uh number really the ansari it, it's big it is the shark is big i was like like shocked i was like wow um but so over the years it just deteriorated with the sun, the rain, oh, yeah. all the stuff in Los Angeles. So it was, it was falling apart. So, you know, there, there was people that was really wanted to save it, you know, because it was the last mold of the original shark with the jowls. Sure. You know, and that's the, that's Bruce. That's the shark. Yeah. So, um, universe, uh, the Academy, um, um, bought it. So they're opening up Academy Museum, the Academy Awards. They're opening up Academy Museum this year, in fact. And Greg Nicotero, who who I know, he's a good friend too. He's a very nice guy. He worked on the you know the Walking Dead. Um, he you know he did all the makeup for that, and he's worked on a number of movies. He refurbished Shark. They hired him to refurbish the Shark, and it looks incredible. Do, and, do, is it pretty true to what it would have looked like in the film? It's it, yeah, to a point. They it looks too new right now. I think over time. When it fades, because uh, I, what I understand, I've seen photos of it where they, they have it in the museum. It's, it's under a skylight kind of windows kind of I thing. Gotcha. So I think once the paint kind of fades and look, <laughs> look more yeah. like the shard, right now it just looks too new because it is. It's kind of new. It is. So, But it look, it's incredible. I think Greg did an amazing job on it. Um, I'm not putting it down at all because I think it looks really great. But yeah, it, it, it looks more you know, newer, fresh. Yeah, fresh. exactly. Crispy, so, which I'm sure what the shark looks like, looked like back in 74 when they first made it. That's true. So give it yeah. time, give it time. And, you know, um, but I'm so happy they saved it and fans can go see it and take pictures with it. And I'm, I can't wait to go out there and see it myself. Yeah. I really me can. neither. So yeah. you've, you've made this book called jaws memories from Martha's vineyard. What inspired the book and what can fans look for? They buy, buy this thing. Yeah. Um, it's still on Amazon. Um, and other bookstores, I guess still carry it. Um, it's the original concept was cause I've always wanted a coffee table book on Jaws and I figured, you know, with all the documentaries that came out, there was, you know, what else is to tell the story about the making of Jaws? So I was, my idea originally was tell the story with just photos. So I would go around the Island on Martha's Vineyard and I would meet these people who had all these locals who had all these photos from their wow. family collection, you know, in, in attics and cellars and all that. And just, just, you know, 
<laughs> no, no one's ever seen before. And I was like, oh, my God, these are incredible. So I figured it'd be cool to tell the story of the making of the movie through photos. Um, and I wanted to hire somebody because uh, I'm not a writer. So I wanted to find a writer. So Kristen Henshaw, who is Craig Kingsbury's daughter, who played Ben Gardner in the movie, mm-hmm. um, introduced me to Matt Taylor, who is also a local on the island. He just got out of college. He wanted to be a writer. And I was like, you know, I was looking for someone to write the forward and afterward of the book. And I was like, I was looking for someone fresh, new, you know, no one's ever heard of. So sure. help his career kind of thing. So we got to talking and he was like, you know, Jim, I know people who have more stories than anyone's ever heard about the making of this movie, all the locals who worked on the movie too. I was like, really? So I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's go that route. So Matt, I, I was still in charge of finding photos and Matt found photos also that I couldn't get because a lot of the locals don't trust people off Island. So <laughs> they sure. knew him from living there. So he got these rare photos. Oh. Two That's for the so book. Awesome. So him and I, between him and I, I mean, and, and Matt interviewed all these people on the island, and basically we, and then we 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 knew we figured out how how the production was done from day one, what date it started to date, the last date. So we have been, when you read this book, it's done through interviews basically with all the locals and mm-hmm. you know Joe Elves also, and there's a couple of other people, um, not on the island, but. You basically feel Greg Nicotero said this. He goes, when I read this book, I felt like I was with the crew the entire months, all the nine months they were there. And that's how he made it. That's how, well, Matt did it. wrote the book, you know, all the, the interviews and he designed it. And I, you know, it, it's incredible. I was so happy. I was so proud. This is something I've always wanted as a Jaws fan. It's amazing. The, always- the stories that have went down through the families just and yeah, always yeah. will based on nine months of their life. Yeah. You know, I know it's amazing. Yeah, and it's like I said, there's stuff, there's stories, there's documents from my collection. There's newspaper articles from my collection from Martha's Vineyard back in 74 that no one's ever seen before, before this book came out. Now it's in the book. Um, so it's, 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 you know, and, and I'm so happy fans love it. I mean, they really love this book. I'm so happy because Again, like I said, as a Jaws fan myself, this is something I've always wanted. So that's how we, we how made this in, book. How in the mind. heck did you get Steven Spielberg to write? Well, that was that was that was our manager, Carrie. Um, her she she got in touch with them with Spielberg's assistant at ambulance, and they over the years because it took it took a number of years to put this book together, mm-hmm. and so we just kept in, in touch with them. And said, you know, listen, you know, we would love to have him do a forward. And he's never written a forward to a book of someone he didn't know. He's written forwards to books before with people he's worked with and and stuff, but never someone who he's never known. So when the book finally was almost done, we sent him a copy of it, a printed copy. Mm -hmm. And he was blown away and he was just couldn't believe it. What we found and did. And so he was like, so that's. So he writes the forwards of the book, but, uh, yeah, he's behind some of the greatest films ever made, you know, I know, I know there has been some close calls. Actually. It's funny because like I said, I'm in uh, Rhode Island, I'm in Providence and his daughter went to Brown university, which is in Providence here. So there would be times where I'd be at work in my hotel and I'd hear he's at another hotel. Like, Oh, I just like someone would come over and say, Oh, I just saw Spielberg over at Starbucks or something. I'm like, Oh, oh my <laughs> like a couple of blocks away. 
I'm like so close to Oh, him. wow. Hey, yeah, give, yeah. give us the website yeah. where people can go buy the book and check out the Jaws collection. Yep, it's Amazon.com, um, JawsCollector.com is my collection. And on Facebook, it's Jaws Collector. And Instagram, it's JawsCollector75. And yeah. And, and oh, my Etsy store is Jaws Collector on Etsy if you're interested Etsy. in buying Absolutely. some Jaws stuff. Thank you so much. Jim <laughs> Beller, no, the biggest, thank, you. thank you. Appreciate you being on. I, well, love, you, I love your bathroom, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you much. You can use it anytime. We'll talk to you guys next week here on Guatney Unplugged. <laughs>